Welcome to the Afternoon Snack Podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Root. This is a podcast about- Well, hold up. I want to be part of the intro, too. Okay, go ahead. Uh, oh, n- never mind. You can you can do it. Okay. Uh, like I was saying, I'm Meredith Root, former engineer, CrossFit Games athlete, and owner of Tactic Nutrition. That was the one and only Alex Parker- former lawyer, also a CrossFit Games athlete, and co-owner of Tactic Nutrition. This podcast is about fitness, health, nutrition, CrossFit, business, mindset, and things that grind our gears. Wait, hang on. Ivy wants to say something. Go ahead, Ivy. Ah, she's, she's shy. No surprise there. Our goal is to give you something to think, talk about, hopefully make you laugh a little along the way. Are you ready to do this? Because we're doing it. Oh, right now. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to surprise you. That was quite the surprise. Yeah. I almost fell right off the couch. Yeah. That's hard. Because the couch is so small and like. I would like to point out like <laughs> as much shit talking as you've done about this couch, you sit on it every single time. It's we do better a than sitting on the floor. That's all. That's all I'll say. I sat on it for a couple hours working the other day and I thought it was great. Okay. It's kind of nice. It's very close to the ground. So it actually is quite easy to sit on. If you are big, if you're like a tall man, like I'm just imagining like, like Josh on this couch, six foot plus, that would look silly. Mm-hmm. That would like it. Then it's a clown couch. It works for us because we're not very tall. So anyways, today's Monday. It's Labor Day. And uh, we have... We have slept in three mornings in a row with no alarm. It's been amazing. I've never gotten this much sleep before. Well, it's great because I'm officially on a taper for this coming weekend. And I feel like part of a taper is like sleeping as much as you can. So you're ready to go, ready to run. So I'm, I'm feeling really good about it overall. And I'm glad you get to partake as well it's been amazing even ivy sleeping in i was saying this is more sleep than i get even on vacation because on vacation i'm like i gotta get up and like enjoy vacation yeah i mean let me explain vacation in maui (laughs) with the parkers so vacation in maui you uh if you sleep in you sleep in until what like six that's a sleep in otherwise six seven probably seven because you'll we like to be at the gym at like nine right yeah. Well, seven, I'd say that happens like in the, in the second half of the trip. So you're up at like 637, have some coffee. And basically you're like getting, you're doing work, getting ready to go to the gym at nine. You work out really hard from like nine till 11. Come home, frantically pack <laughs> lunch. Um, Keyword frantic. Go to the beach. You got to get that time in at the beach find something to argue about on the beach it's really fun it actually is it really is we should go back (laughs) but like the problem with sleeping in say you sleep in till nine or ten which isn't as far as we go when we sleep in but say you do sleep in till nine or ten once you have your coffee and like your breakfast it's noon yeah where's the day and then you still have to work out we're we just we work out on vacation it's just what we do because we enjoy working out and of all times to work out Vacation is a great opportunity because you do have so much time. You have nothing else to do. I can't sit on the beach for like for nine hours a day. I'll die. Like that's too much sun. That's too much sun for me. 
So it's nice to break it up. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, for the most part, we've been in a pretty good mood, except for a little thing yesterday kind of soured us a little bit. What was that? The Instagram. COP's Instagram for the oh. pli- pride, pride flag. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll get background on that. So it's Calgary Pride this week. So I guess a lot of cities and like if you're involved in the gay community at all, you probably know like a lot of cities do their Pride Week like at a time other than Pride Month. I think it has to do with like with weather, weekends, like a lot of times. Well, there's usually have, a parade here too. Yeah. And so you have to, there's things to plan around. <clears throat> so um, yeah, Calgary's is in September, which is kind of nice. Like we've been to it a couple of times. Um, it's not like a huge pride. It's not like Toronto, Vancouver. It's not like, you know, cause it's Calgary. It's like Texas up here. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but they have it. And I'll be honest. Like I kind of forgot that it was happening. Um, until the other, like last week I was driving through Kensington and they had all these like rainbow, like Kensington flags up. I'm like, that's kind of cool. They're, they're doing that year round. And then I was like, duh, it's pride. And, um, then we noticed the other day, so COP, which is uh, Canada Olympic Park, is kind of on the way, like, out of our neighborhood and then back in. And it's where, like, there's, like, a big ski jump. It's a ski hill in the city. It's where some Winter Olympic events were held in Calgary. And yeah, there's, like, there's an Olympic bobsled track. Yeah, like a sliding track. Um, and it's, yeah, it was a site for some of the events in, at the Calgary Olympics and. 88 wow you know your stuff well it's because i was born in 88 it's super easy to remember um so yeah and we just noticed they have normally have this gigantic like huge canadian flag that's at the top of the hill super visible because it's so big and we noticed the other day that they have an equally large gay pride flag which i've never seen them do before and i was like oh man that's awesome is it is it called a gay pride flag just i feel like pride g- gay flag. is just one like yeah sorry um pride flag let's keep it like politically correct here please well they're not flying the new pride flag no they're not you're yeah. right it is only the rainbow flag yeah but i still think that's good like, point you know it's still visibility but um anyway so they're flying that which is awesome never seen it before and so i was thinking yesterday like oh i should put that in my story no actually i was like meredith look there's like they're flying the pride flag up there and she she's driving and she's like oh my god wow (laughs) that is so cool it's like as she's like weaving (laughs) there's like we're in a construction zone like there's cones coming into play it's fine it was a worthwhile distraction but um it's really cool like because Calgary is, you know, it's progr- as as progressive as it is here. And it is more progressive, I would say, than most places or a lot of places in the U.S. Like, it's not like a gay town. I wouldn't say there's like a thriving, like, you know, it's not where it's not where the gays go. Um, so I just thought it was cool. And then yesterday I was like, oh, I'm going to find, I'm going to see if, if COP, if Winsport put anything on their Instagram profile so I can share it to my story because I just think that it's awesome. So I went to Winsports COP's uh, Instagram page and they did, they posted about it last week and it's just this really cool picture of like the flag with like the chairlift 
kind of in the foreground. And so, um, you know, I was just going to put it up and then I noticed there were some comments and, you know, I, I tend to check comment sections and I was just immediately so disappointed because it was like, you know, there was one that was like, I guess I won't be buying season passes this year. And then there was, there was two that were like, you know, why do you, you know, why do they get a flag? Why don't like, why don't we have a straight flag? And then there was one that was like, why is it like, why do they get another pride week? Wasn't pride back like in the summertime. And then someone commented like, yeah, there's only one veterans day or something like that. And so I was just going to leave it. Like I, I put it in my story and I was like, awesome. Well, and there that- was one guy who basically used the word like, Oh, said something about put the, the Canadian flag back up, you retards. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Really? Really? Like, are we using that word? At least 2021. Like, do you live under a rock? So anyways, I was going to leave it. And um, so I had put the story, I had put the post in my story and which was like really awesome to see this at Winsport, like the comment section though, dot, dot, dot. And then like, I went back to the comment section and I clicked on a few of the commenters just to see. And they're kids. Like one was like, it was like U16 football or something like that. And then there was like his brother had commented. Those were the two that were like, no, why is there no straight flag? And so I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could be necessarily really mean, but I'm like, it was disappointed because I don't think that kids just like come up with this level of like hatred towards other people. Like it makes me shame, ashamed of, the parents most likely because either they're seeing this behavior and not correcting it or like, you know, their kids are just, you know, echoing what they hear from their parents. And so I went on and like, you know, kind of potentially from school, maybe, but But even like there are kids cause you, you can't avoid, you know, necessarily Fox news. Mm -hmm. You can't avoid this stuff in the media, but I feel like if parents do their jobs, like you can still like your kid, you can have a kid who isn't an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like that's not you can censor it to some degree. Yeah. No, not even, even censor it, explain censor it. it. You can, you can provide perspective mm-hmm. and like an empathy. Like how does a, how does a 15 year old kid, 16, whatever, like completely lack empathy for a, a population of people who clearly he doesn't know anything about. And so I commented back and I was, you know, kind of like, well, you know, pride exists for this reason. And the pride flag is important because businesses fly it to say like, you know, to, to demonstrate solidarity and inclusivity and say like, this is a safe place for people who have historically had to be very concerned about businesses they go to, who they get involved with because they are discriminated against. Like they are beaten up, they are killed. And like, it's 2021 and that stuff's still happening. Like I put a story up yesterday of a kid like in a lunchroom in like in a school who gets beat up for having a, like, for during pride wearing like, you know, a gay, a, a pride flag. And like, that's still happening. That's why it's important. Like you don't have a, a straight flag because like, frankly, you're a, a white male. Like you have more privilege than any other demographic on earth. And you've never experienced and like, discrimination. Like, yeah. No one discriminates against white men for being white men. Like you're not, your lives aren't at risk. Like your job isn't at risk. Your reputation isn't at risk. Like your flag, your straight flag is the Canadian flag or it's the American flag. It's any flag that represents like white colonialism and what the white man has like, has 
had basically given to him mm-hmm. as by virtue of his status in the world. Like, you don't get a flag. Sorry. Um, so I kind of like, I commented back and, um, and then the, you know, made a, a comment back to the guy that used the word retard and he deleted his comment like a- immediately as soon as I responded back. And then I commented on the one that was like, well, I'm, I, I guess I'm not going to be buying a season's pass. And I said, good, good call. You wouldn't want to risk ending up on a chairlift with a gay person, you know, cause it's contagious. Well, I didn't say that. No, but. you know, and then the veteran argument, like, you know, it's, it's easy. Like this one, like it pisses me off because like you're talking about in the U S like there's the budget, the military budget exceeds like the, the Medicare or socialized healthcare budget by, I don't know, probably an order of magnitude to be totally honest. I don't know what it is, but like the military is celebrated in the U S probably to the same extent that it's celebrated in Canada. Like does the government do a great job for veterans? No. Is another veterans day or a week going to solve that problem? No. Like do the people who sit back and say, yo, there's only one veterans day. Like, are they doing anything at all? Like donating to nonprofits who help veterans, like getting money to VAs? Probably not. Because that takes a hell of a lot more effort and commitment than sitting back behind your little like iPhone keyboard bitching about there being only one veteran day. I don't think he was even bitching about the fact that there's only one veterans day. I think he was making a point that there shouldn't be as many pride days. Yeah, but it's the same reason like there's there's a black history month. I feel like there should always be a rainbow flag flying. I completely agree with that. Everybody knows we live in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to fly those flags. We know. But it's like if, if, if a rainbow flag makes you feel uncomfortable or unsafe or, you know, whatever these kids, then you're probably in the closet. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible you're in the closet. It's possible. There's some angst, but it's like, you know, and then, then later in the night, I noticed that those those kids deleted their comments and like I don't know if they're going to take what I said and do anything at all with it but I hope it's like you know eye-opening to hear someone who is gay say those things and at least gives them pause and like reason to like to maybe do some reflection or you know reading about the pride movement or at least maybe they'll stop making negative comments on Instagram yeah that make them look like assholes Mm -hmm. because that's not a good look just say hurtful things to about people or like yeah it wasn't even like targeted really it was just um, why do you have to say that Mm -hmm. but it's like you know it's been four years with trump who's kind of empowered and made it you know safe for people to be sexist racist xenophobic homophobic out in public you can just say those things and it's like that's okay now mix that with the participant ribbon generation who feels like they should get recognition for being mediocre Mm-hmm. And now you have a straight white kid who's mad that there's a gay flag and not a flag for him. Yeah. It just, it goes so, I mean, we're making this point about pride because it's an, it's a very specific example, but it goes, like you were saying, it goes so far beyond this. Like there are people out there who think it's okay to, you know, like berate Asian people because yeah. of, you know, recent events and apparently that's okay like it's not no and i think it is important to call these people out it is because like maybe they'll they'll pause and be like oh shit like you know these people are real people stand up for for that yeah but 
anyways that was kind of the yeah that was the day yesterday but seemed to be pretty well received my comments had like i don't know 50 or 60 likes before they got removed by virtue of the kid deleting his so i bet he was embarrassed didn't say anything back which usually means that he's embarrassed okay Um, all right so we're going to get into the meat of this podcast and we want to talk about um how to build a cool ass business and kind of like you know where tactic is how it got there where it's gonna go why we love it so much why we think you should love it so much um but that kind of begins with you know what we used to do how did we get here personally how do people who who want to make a similar transition do it so that's kind of where we're going to begin do you have anything no i i think maybe just start with explaining like i know your history on what you did before this i think you probably touched on it before but maybe just give a little bit of a overview of like what you did in university what you wanted to be when you were younger and how that kind of put you where you ended up in your original career well i wanted to be a vet a large animal vet an equine vet that's where i started how old were you when you decided this i don't know how old was i when and i became it, obsessed with horses? i was gonna Probably say was like, this was it a result of you being obsessed with horses yeah it's because i had like Anyone who's obsessed with horses probably had the Briars like horse figurines. And I know that they're still somewhere in my house. I should, in my like back home, I should find them. But I, I was like, I was obsessed with horses. How many figurines do you think you had? Like, I mean, I still had more beanie babies than horses, but it's because the horses were more expensive. Probably like 30, 40 of them. And they ranged in sizes. Like they had little little guys and then you had really big ones. Um Yeah. I love those things. It was I was so obsessed with horses that even at a young age I was embarrassed with my obsession with horses. But that didn't stop me. Um no, I didn't own a horse. That was always the goal, but like we didn't have anywhere to put it. We didn't have quite enough land. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a barn or you know, necessarily the the funds. Horses are expensive. They are. Um so yeah that was kind of my goal and actually that's what I um when I got into I mean I had the goal from like age 14 to or age four to like to age 20 essentially because I went to university and my first two years were spent as uh equine science pre-vet so I was like I was on that path and then the more you know we have you had undergrad advisors and you know I talked to and they're very realistic with what you can expect coming out of undergraduate with uh, an animal science, equine science, like husbandry degree. And the expectation, just because there are so, there aren't very many vet schools in the U.S. or just period. There just, there aren't a ton. Most people don't just go right to vet school. There's a period of, you know, three to seven years, I think, on average between undergrad like between when you graduate and when you get accepted into vet school. Um, and so like, what do you do during that time? You can work on a farm, you can work in a clinic, you can intern, you can volunteer, do what a lot of people do. You make almost no money doing that. And then you go to vet school and vet school is extremely expensive. You don't get 
um, a lot of the research grants and money that you get when you go to med school, <clears throat> it's almost as expensive and you come out making teacher salary. <laughs> so the more I thought about it and the more I talked to my advisor and the more I, I started to sort of pan out this career, you know, and you're, you're not really making good money until you're 40 or so. I realized it's, that's not really for me. Um, not that I don't love it and I didn't love it, but it just wasn't the right path. It wasn't the path I wanted to be on. So then I switched into, um, like science engineering and kind of, and the reason I went with the field that I went with was in part because a lot of my prereqs that I took as part of like, um, vet school carried over and they said, you're going to get out in five. And I said, screw that. I'm going to get out in four. So I just like crammed my, um, semesters full, took full, like full summer courses, as many as I could get and ended up graduating still in four years. Um, and went like, I'm talking, I graduated on Saturday, May the 10th. And I was working on May 17th. I had, I accepted a job while I was still like in university for Biogen, uh, Biogenidec at the time, which was kind of, a that's like, a that's like getting drafted to the Yankees. Like you don't just go work for Biogen. So I was, you know, if they said, we need you to start on May 17th, I was like, you got it. I'll be there. Um, so basically no break at all between undergraduate and starting with my career um, and I was obsessed with it. Like I was obsessed with that job. And really like up until the time that I quit, there was, there was still, there were some difficulties with the schedule cause I was working in a research group and you know, the schedule with cell culture can be demanding cause you're, you're working with live organisms. You're working with, you know, things that they grow at different rates. And no matter how well you plan, like sometimes you're just, you're up in the middle of the night doing things cause that's just what the cells dictate. Um, but still, it was an awesome group. It was a really young group. I was working on really innovative projects. Um, most of what I was working on um, for uh, in biofarm was for neurodegenerative diseases, so uh, ALS, um, multiple sclerosis, dementia, um, like muscular dystrophy, things like that. Like basically uh, diseases and disorders that have no cure or no therapy to halt progression. So at the end of the day, I felt really great about what I was doing, what I was working on because it was a rewarding thing. Um, at the same time, so I feel like there's, there's like a few things going on. So there's, there's my career. There's the fact that I got married really young to a man. Um, and then there's like CrossFit, which is something that I started doing while I was working. And so, um, around it, like in 2016, I had been doing CrossFit for a while and getting better and better and better and had started, you know, doing some coaching on the side and decided to take a year and a half off to kind of play at being a full-time athlete, whatever that meant. That actually means just coaching a lot because <laughs> you can't, you can't train that much. I mean, up until then I was training before work and after work and sometimes at lunch. So the idea was like, okay, I'm going to train at more optimal times. I'm going to take a year and a half. I'm going to see if I can make it to the games. And then at the year and a half mark, I'm going to go back <clears throat> to Biogen. Um, 
during that time, um, I came top 10 at regionals. I separated from my husband, got a divorce, um, met you. <laughs> uh, so a lot of things kind of happened. And honestly, like, you know, coming out as gay and making that transition kind of, which was not like, that's just, it's not an easy thing to do. And like the reason why I got married and like was in that relationship is, is a topic for another podcast, but that was a really, really difficult and big step for me personally. And it kind of showed me like, you can do hard things. You can make decisions that are against the grain. Like you can do, you can do things that you're not expected to do. And I think that was the first time that I had the seed planted of like, you can do something else for your career. And it's not that I, I knew I wanted to at that time. It was just like, Hmm, I can do whatever I want. Actually, I can do whatever I want in life. It's up to me. Um, and so 2017 did regionals met you in Miami and in the fall of 2017. So like October, November, that was kind of my timeline for, for, you know, reaching back out to my old boss and getting my job back. And she was holding it for me. She knew that I was coming back or likely to. And so now you're in the picture and, but you don't live in North Carolina, you live in Calgary. And so it's just kind of like, huh, like, do I, do I go, do I go back to my job? Do I stay in North Carolina? And, and basically, you know, what I assume to be true would be, you know, a, a slow end to our relationship because that's a lot of distance. And before, you know, I was free to travel when I'm at work, I'm no longer free to travel. Now you're working and you can't travel. And it's just like, in my head, I'm like, this is, it's unlikely that that works out, but I don't have anything in North Carolina besides my family. Like all of my friends, all my work colleagues, like that's old. That's, that's like, that's straight Meredith. That's old Meredith. Like those, they're people I keep in touch with, but that was my old life. And so I had made the decision to move West Denver, Boulder, somewhere on the West coast and, you know, maybe get a job there. But, um, you know, with you, it was like, well, I'll just move to Calgary. And there wasn't any work for me in Calgary. Not number one, because there isn't really a pharmaceutical industry here. And number two, because I was coming in on a limited work permit, no one would hire me anyways. And so, you know, I moved here, kind of started coaching a little bit of CrossFit. I was coaching nutrition at the time for another company. It was actually a really good gig because it did allow me to be here. <laughs> um, and trained, like kind of accidentally made the games in 18. Um, and it, that just like, I think that the nutrition coaching, like getting a reputation in that space, qualifying for the games in 2018, like it just, it opened this door that I didn't really know was going to be there. And, you know, to a, to a certain extent, I think the stars aligned at the right time. Like it was, it was not like, like tactic or this path couldn't happen without the games, but it did just, it made it easier for a short period of time. And I mean, you know, cause you were there, we kind of took advantage of that in the fall of 2018, um, started up tactic and that's been, yeah, actually three years now. So we're at the, th the three year mark since that happened. And I mean, a lot has changed since the beginning and we can, we'll talk about that, but it's, you know, it's this neat kind of at least as far as I got here, it's this combination of my, 
you know, my previous work experience, what I had going on in my personal life. And then, you know, CrossFit, which, which showed me so much about myself that I like, I didn't know. And, you know, I always talk about CrossFit, you know, I I can be super cliche and say that it saved my life, like in a way that it, it did because the people who I met through CrossFit, the gay people, um, were the ones who, you know, I saw them living normal lives. I saw them being like happy with like with their partners or just with who they were. And I think if I hadn't started CrossFit, it's unlikely that I would have found that community of people. Mm-hmm. So when you decided <clears throat> like not, not to go back to your other job, was that like, what did that feel like? Were you like, Oh dang, like obviously you were making quite a bit of money at that old job. Yeah. I mean, like, there's it was obviously like a really like well-paying job, like really like, and you're like, you're problem solving, you're doing what you love. Like, you liked it yeah and then going down and knowing like for at least a period of time you're not going to be making even close to the same amount of money like a small business startup is kind of like even though like starting a nutrition business isn't you know you're not investing a ton of money up front it's you know it's not like this you don't have the security yeah I think anyone who's made the transition from corporate world to small business world probably has felt this pressure and it's you know I always call corporate world I call them the golden handcuffs because you know you have a um a huge salary working in pharmaceuticals you have like Cadillac benefits you have the best benefits that you can get you have you know five to six weeks of vacation you have sabbaticals like they they, they buy you, you stuff to stay. they buy you stuff they send you on trips um and I like on top of the fact that I really, really loved that line of work. Like I really love research. I really love science. And that's just, that's a field of, of research and of medicine that, you know, at the time and, and even still is there's so much good to be gained from it. There's, there's life-saving therapeutics. Like the cure for cancer is there. Like that's, that's the field that I worked in. And so the, the science alone was hard for me to walk away from. And I was at the time I was craving to go back because when I, you know, a year and a half out outside of the scientific community, like not like there's anything at all wrong with the gym community. There's a lot of good being done there too. Like you're essentially on the front end of the healthcare system, but I miss the interaction. I miss the problem solving. I miss the people like I miss the science. And so for me, deciding not to go back was not only like, not only did it put more pressure on me financially, um, it's, it meant I had to come up, I had to find a new solution for health insurance, for benefits, for investing my money. Um, but it, it meant that I have to find a new outlet for my mind. Like it's, I have to find a new way to solve problems. Like I have to find a new field of science. I have to, I have to figure out how to scratch that itch for me because it doesn't just go away. And the more, the longer I don't do it, the more I crave it. And so it was a big decision, especially in, you know, in 2017, when I didn't know, you know, or the tactic option wasn't firmly on the table. Like at that point I was, I was working for someone else. Like I, I could just, I could work my ass off to, to build a name for myself in the field, which is kind of what I did. Um, but there was, it, it still left a lot in the air. And, you know, when I moved here, I was kind of like, 
well, do I go work in pipeline? Like, I'm sure there's another field of biological engineering. Like there's something I can do here. It's just not going to be pharmaceuticals. So I was kind of like researching that. Um, but that's when like tactic was so perfectly timed because it, it was like, Oh, well, I'll just do this. Like there's tons of problem solving that goes into small, like running a small business on top of like, there's tons of science and nutrition. Um, it's constantly changing. Now you're dealing with people. So there's the connection and the communication is there. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a, a period of about a year where I was nervous about what I was doing next. You know, I was here, I was with you, which I loved, but it's like, you know, I'm a professional. What am I going to do? So, yeah. I still miss it sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do miss like, you know, you wake up at, 6 30 you go to work you work till 4 30 or 5 on your projects you pack it up you come home and you leave it at home it doesn't come with you you leave it at work you leave it at work i mean yeah there's a, a there's a part of that that's really really nice but you know that's me you have a different story mm-hmm. as far as you know how how the stars aligned for for you yeah well, first of all, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Um, I wanted to be a sports psychologist. Okay, so that's not too far off from No, lawyer. like, so I was absolutely, like, beyond obsessed with sports. You don't say. I was telling you the other day, like, I would miss my friend's birthday parties for soccer practice. Like, that actually, that exact thing happened. Like, I was punished by like I wasn't like oh go to your room it was like oh you're not going to skiing on Tuesday we're not like you can't go skiing at COP on Tuesday and that to me that was like somebody was ripping my heart out like I would I would be like I was a bit of a puker when I was younger (laughs) (laughs) I would be puking like on the way to skiing and I wouldn't I would still go like I was that that kid totally like I was the first kid on the chairlift last kid off I like I was the coach's pet, like not in a, like, but it was just like, I was, and I was, and not to pump to, to my own horn here, but I was always like really good. Like I was always, and then I also looked like a boy. So <laughs> I would always get called out as like, well, it's not, it's not fair. That girl's team has a boy on their team. That's not a and boy. Like, that's Alex, <laughs> Zandra, Alexandra. Or like, I remember playing soccer and I was, it was on a co-ed like it was when I was young and it was a co-ed team and like all the boys thought I was a boy like I just I love sports I didn't care you know it just that was my that was what I was passionate about so um and then in high school I took I think it was in grade 11 or grade 12 I took AP psychology yeah which was it was like mind-blowing mm-hmm. how incredibly interesting that that like learning was it, it was it was like all the stuff I didn't know but related to life so like it's like you knew it was a thing but didn't know it was a thing yeah yeah that's psychology like just for one very like clear example really easy examples like hindsight like you don't know what that word is and then you know it and you're like, oh my God, that's an actual thing. 
And it's just like, it's the way you think, but to have a name to it and like understand the psychology behind it. Yeah. I mean, that's not the best example. It's not the most complicated example, but as an example. So then I went into university and I was straight into psychology. And then I did, um, I was like, you have to do all those like general courses and then you take all the psychology courses on top and loved, loved it. Like I loved learning. I was like the, I was the nerd. Like I didn't need to study for exams because I was, I enjoyed reading the textbook and would be that kid who read the textbook before class. So like when I went to class and like was learning, I already kind of knew it and it just was solidified. I just reading psychology books was like reading fiction books, like what people read fiction books for just like entertainment. Um, and I, I excelled in university and then I was, I was also ski racing in university. So still very highly involved in sports. Um, I was skiing NCAA and was on a a full-time scholarship up in Alaska. And then you were like, uh, you were all American, all academic. Yeah. Yeah. I won again, like not to toot my own horn, but I, I, I won like a lot of awards for being like top academic top one of my really close friends who was also on the ski team she's i think in med school right now she we were like tied mm-hmm. with like h- highest gpa and sandra yeah yeah she's she was really smart but she she studied um biological science so she had a little bit more of a demanding schedule um but after so then in university i was I was a teacher's assistant for, um, of course you were statistics and psychology. Yeah. And I got to know the professor really well. And he, he, that was the first time I kind of learned like what professors do. Cause I always thought professors just taught, but in, in like actuality, they do a ton of research, especially if you're in a science, like teaching science or any sort of you're doing a ton of research, you're writing research papers, um, you are writing textbooks, all, all that stuff. And I was like, okay, maybe like being a professor would be on the, on the radar. Because as you, like as I got to the kind of the end of my undergrad degree, I was learning like, okay, what, are my, what, are, what am I gonna do after this? And there were a couple options on the table that kind of were in the realm of psychology one was a a therapist and like I just wasn't really interested in that um and then the second was you know you could go like the PhD route and become a professor do research there were a couple different like options that you end up down but you're basically in the academic world which I'm totally fine with I love academics and that was definitely on the table and then the other option was being a sports psychologist but then kind of similar to becoming a large animal vet, becoming a sports psychologist, like you kind of learn the process is a lot longer and rockier than you expect it to be. Sports psychology 10 years ago isn't what it is today. And even today, it's not really a big. Well, you're co- just think about like the the population of people like you're working with such a small percentage yeah and in order to there wasn't really a clear path to becoming a sports psychologist like um you get you kind of get your master's degree and then you 
the way that it was it was told to me and in Canada it was like not happening like it was very hard to and you kind of had to make your own path because it hadn't been you had to take courses that kind of were in the realm and then kind of carve out your own career that's kind of how it was out as like a sports psychologist exactly and that scared me I was like okay but there's no clear path and I'm I'm very much like you know I want things to be clear and laid out and the logistics to be there so that kind of scared me off and and then it was the same thing with becoming like a professor or researcher it was like you know there there wasn't really like a clear path you kind of had to like pick your like take opportunities like it just it did it scared me off which was unfortunate because I I really like learning about it but I couldn't visualize myself having a career in psychology because there wasn't really any thing that really was concrete I guess you could say so I was also I was minoring in philosophy and had taken like a logic course which I'm super nerdy it was like one of the most and like it was the most fun courses that you would take it was like if then and you would basically do equations but with words yeah and and then I also took a business law degree and I found that quite interesting because it's very much like how the world works like how the world goes around because without like law and business it doesn't nothing works um and both my parents were lawyers so I was like you know what I'm just gonna go to law school how logical is that but it's weird when you're in university at least when I was in university it's not like you had a sheet of paper that had all of these different like jobs that are available in the world today I mean there's thousands and thousands of different jobs I feel like that's what your advisor does in your head it's like okay you could be a doctor a lawyer a veterinarian a psychologist all the things that you see but you don't see all of these like other job descriptions that people do yeah there's like there's for every job that you like know of there's like all these other like you know they're by proxy yeah careers um so I kind of was just like well from what I know like I don't want to be a doctor I guess I'll be a lawyer. (laughs) From what I know, I don't want to be a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) But that's kind of what it was. Like, and I'm like, I like learning. I like school. I'll just go to school for another few years. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So then I I took a year off to like write my LSATs and I had lost my sister in my, just before my senior year of university. So I took a year off to kind of like recoup. And then I went to law school for three years and I really liked it and I could totally see myself being a lawyer. It was really challenging. It was super interesting. Everything's very black and white. It is, but it isn't. Well, but you can, you make things that are not black or are like gray. You make them black and white precedent and like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there was, um, yeah, you weren't necessarily working with people. It was like problems. Yes. Which I liked and what steered me away from being like a therapist or something. Mm which is funny now that I'm a nutrition coach, but anyways. Um, and then when I graduated from law school, when you first start your law career, it's pretty intense. So I took a year off before I started my law career and kind of the same as you, I got a position at a law firm that was kind of like top, like basically dream job, um, as an articling student, like it was 
the one that I wanted to work at. Um, it happened to be the law firm that my mom started at. Like it was just, it looked good. It made me happy. I felt like I was succeeding already. And then I met you in my year off and like was pursuing CrossFit to trying to get back to the games and just like enjoying myself. Cause I knew in my head life was essentially going to be over when I started working, which is so sad. Um, life was going to change drastically and it did. <laughs> like that, that year is worth a podcast. So my year life. of articling was for lack of, okay. If I did describe it in one word, miserable. It was like, I had moved here and I was like, Oh, it's going to be so great. We'll be together. And then like you're articling. It's like the winter time you're getting home at 10 PM. And I'm like, Oh my God she's a monster. <laughs> I was in a bad mood a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I didn't connect really with anybody that I was working with. Like I felt kind of like an outcast. Like I, I came in with the understanding that this was a priority. Work was a priority, but I don't think I understood to what degree. Like everybody I worked with was obsessed with their job like to the point where like nothing else mattered. Sleep didn't matter. Everything was about work. It was about socializing with work people. It was about staying at work late even if you didn't have work. Um, it was, I like I couldn't connect with people. I remember walk, we were going to a hockey game or something with, with work and I was walking with a woman from another firm and, she, and, I, and I, I was like, what... Um, I can't remember if I asked, but basically I was like, what do you, like, what do you do like outside of work? And she was like, that was her response. Like <laughs> complete silence. She's like, well, what do you mean outside of yeah, work? Yeah. It, that sounds silly, but it, that's the way that it happened. And that was just kind of like in that moment, I thought, wow, that's this sad. is kind of what's required if you want to be working at this like big law firm and I could see it, I could see partners like they wouldn't sleep their entire life was work. Like, you know, I, I remember my, my principal had gone on vacation somewhere and came back like a week early because he had work to do and left his whole family. And I remember hearing about like his wife being pissed off. I'm like, oh, no shit. yeah. And then another partner was saying, and he was, I don't know. There's, de there's definitely like, um, and I'm sure this is true for other careers, but, and I'm not saying every lawyer is like this, but it's definitely was the case where I was working, but there's almost pride taken in how much you work and that work is essentially your, all you do. He, he kind of said, you know, it's, it's pretty great. Like you can fly first class wherever you want. Like you're making enough money, but like, you know, you're going to be on your phone the entire flight, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like that's what you can expect. Um, and it, it just like, it really scared me. I, I wasn't happy every Sunday. Like even if I got the weekend like off and didn't have to do a bunch of work, it was like every Sunday I would just get so cranky knowing Monday was another work week starting. Like every time I got an email, my heart would sink. Um, and it wasn't even the work, like the work was actually pretty interesting. It's pretty incredible what lawyers do and the deals that they make and you know yeah how things all fit together and solving there is a lot of solving problems 
but the the qual like the work didn't make up for the lifestyle that was expected um and so like throughout the whole year it was I, I felt like I was kind of forcing myself into trying to enjoy it like trying to find the things that I liked about it and like going to work and I think about halfway through I just got to the point where I'm like I don't think this is for me and then they were doing higher backs in I think like March or May and I think in April I had fully decided not to continue at least at this firm and I didn't even have another plan of attack I was just like I know for sure I can't I cannot handle even if I did get hired back which I don't even know if I would have because I just didn't fit in um even if I did get hired back even if they were like Alex we will pay you whatever you want to stay I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do it I didn't want to be there for one day longer than I had to be um and so I remember telling my principal like I don't want to be considered for a higher back I don't want to work here anymore in a nice way and he I remember he was just like his mouth was gaping open and he he was like well I it are you sure you don't want to think about it and I was like no (laughs) like I've thought about it I know this is like a big decision I've thought about it and he was like I mean okay I'll let them know and I it was this just this like I just, I think I was dancing out of his office (laughs) and I knew that there were other opportunities in law. Like you can work for smaller firms, you can work for the government, you can do different things. And I knew that, um, having a law degree, there were a lot of opportunities for different jobs. So I wasn't scared. I wasn't worried. I did feel like, you know, I was like to some extent letting people down and, but I kind of thought like, oh no, I'll still do something with my law degree for sure. And then I think as things were winding down at the law firm, because I still had to work there for a couple more months. And then I was called to the bar where I became an official lawyer, which was my last day at work. So funny, like I quit basically on my first day as a lawyer. So whenever people ask me like questions like, oh, you're a lawyer, right? I'm like, not really. I am Technically. technically, but don't ask me any questions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that was, for me, it wasn't really a question like of whether I should leave that, that, that job specifically. It was definitely, I was fully, I think you were happy too. I was, I knew, and not even happy for myself, but like I saw the toll that it was taking and they're like, just understanding we're both like, I mean, not to toot our own horns, like we're pretty smart. Like there's a, a place in the world for us. And I knew that because I had already done it. And I think it probably helped you knowing that I had had already done it. And it's fine. Like the world doesn't end. The next morning the sun comes up. Mm -hmm. And like you just, the only difference is like you're not in a job that you don't want anymore. And that's a good thing. Even if you don't have something necessarily lined up right away. Yeah. And I, I always knew that if you are somebody who takes pride in what they do, and will work hard and shows a desire to learn and a capacity to learn, like there is going to be a spot. Like you're not going to be homeless. You're not going to be, you know, and you'll have, you have support and connections and that sort of thing. I I actually like quitting that job wasn't scary for me. It was 100% the absolute right decision. I think staying in it would have been scarier for One, you. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And I will say like, I know, like I said, that even that woman I talked to who didn't really have any other hobbies, like I worked with plenty of people. Like I talk about being a lawyer, like it's the worst thing in the world. And for me, it was pretty bad, but I'm a special case. Like, and I'm sure there are other people out there who are miserable in their jobs, whether they're a lawyer or a doctor or a CrossFit coach, like it happens all the time. But that's not to say that like no one should ever become a lawyer. Like I know tons of people, like I said, who I worked with who were just, just in love with what they did. Like I know my dad loves being a lawyer. My mom loved being a lawyer. Like, you know, it's hard, but like with every job, there are going to be pros and cons. So I don't want people listening and being like, I'm I never, I don't want my kid to be a lawyer. It sounds horrible. It's like, no, it's just my experience in one career. It's also different. You could start down a different path. You could go like, if you don't want to go corporate law, which is kind of like, that is the old school boys club, white collar kind mm-hmm. of law. You can go like, you can do public defense. You can go into criminal law. Like you can Environmental go into family law. law. Like there's so many different ways. Yeah. You know, I actually, it's funny enough. I had three friends who I would go to CrossFit with. Um, they were like three, there were three boys and they were, they were kind of like me, like for lack of a better word, jocks. Like they were, we were kind of in this like jock group and none of us practice law anymore. Yeah. Like we all kind of connected on the, like, I like being fit. I like doing things outside of school. And like, we all had, you know, good grades and did well enough, but two of them like run a business. One of them works. I don't, one of them works in a completely different. Yeah career they own i think a like a a uh, energy drink business yeah so they're just there and I'm, obviously they're still using their law degree to run a business but yeah it's interesting people are interesting but yeah it did make incorporating super easy because mm-hmm. we just used your law firm yeah so when i was when things were dying down at the law firm and i didn't really have much work and was just kind of like coasting for the last month or so before i got called to the bar i um I thought I was seeing Meredith enjoying nutrition coaching. And I was like, I, I've always been interested in, in, you know, nutrition and health. And I was educated enough. And so I thought I, I started talking to the guy who owned the company that Meredith was working for and to Meredith. And I, I asked if I could, learn more about what they do and maybe Meredith could mentor me and and he was like yeah and that was easy enough and then I just kind of like immersed myself in reading about nutrition and taking some courses and obviously I had the psychology aspect and the experience down because you do learn about that sort of thing um and then yeah that's kind of how I guess I got involved with nutrition coaching it was pretty seamless and yeah. And then we incorporated in September of 2018. And there were some, some kind of like, you know, at the time, and I think CrossFit games athletes who, who spin off businesses, like, you know, you do get kind of 15 minutes of fame, like a little time in the sun. Like it's not uncommon for people to try to like make something out of that. But I think what we really wanted to avoid was making our brand like, just Meredith and Alex and that was um a recommendation that we got from Mike Fitzgerald who owns OPT 
Uh, we got a few recommendations from him. Actually, he's the one who really pushed us to like, to, to do it. And, um, you know, and so as, as easy as it would have been in that time to start a, you know, a brand that's, you know, Meredith Root and Alex Parker coaching, that would have, that would have made things way easier. We were pretty dead set on like, that's not how we're going to do this. Like, it's gotta be a brand that can stand up on its own. Like it can't have any name ties to us. Um, it needs to like the, the graphics and everything. It, it, it has to be different. Like it will be tied to us by virtue of our involvement with it, but it can't be more than that. And so that's what we did. And tactic, like we were trying to pick we were, there were a couple names on the table. Tactic is actually, uh, was it a, a mountain bike? I was just, I was like racking my brain. We had a list of names and I was like, you know what? Mountain bikes typically have pretty good names. <laughs> um, and so I just, I found a, a mountain bike model and it was a tactic. I don't remember who the manufacturer is, um, but that's actually where tactic came from. There's no deeper meaning to it. It's, uh, it's, it's just a name. Well, that originally we, thought, we wanted method. Yeah. But methods taken methods taken. And then it was like tactic was like kind of the same ish it's got the same sort of definition yeah a tactic yeah um i think we we kicked around like forte um that's a little too like french yeah um i can't remember any of the other uh alternatives but yeah so we we landed on tactic um as a name and then got our website up and you know one of the things i think that set us apart kind of early on um and again, this is another recommendation from Mike. It was he's like, you have to be willing to like stake your flag in the ground on topics and just take the heat that comes. Even it's if they're come. contrary to popular opinion. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with nutrition, a lot of what you put out there, if it's evidence-based, is going to be contrary to what is in the media. And, you know, we, um, the early days on Instagram were rough. And I think partially it's, you know, there was an immediate recognition that it was me and Alex. There is an assumption made that, like, if you don't know anything about us, what do you know, right? We're athletes. We went to the CrossFit Games. So these, it's easy to make the assumption, like, oh, these girls don't know what they're doing. Like, they're just athletes. Like, who do they think they are? And so we, like, the first six months on our Instagram, I feel like all I did was just fight with people who would come on and they would make comments and it was just like, I was just on there, like, like just, but you know, the comments, the comments they... weren't even like, um, okay. For example, we posted a while back, uh, one on melatonin. Cause there was research that was basically saying uh, like, he, like melatonin is a, is an over the counter, like hormone replacement therapy and kind of saying like, there are other options to melatonin like you know like just some of the research and again like melatonin is this thing that everyone just like buys and takes if they struggle to sleep it's just and it wasn't people weren't coming on me like um oh what do you I think we even put our sources but it, it wasn't like oh well this source says or you know I, I I've read this why are you saying this like can you explain more about that it was like who are you to say that's what the comments were like. Well, what do you do? What's your background? Yeah. I was like, 
just like it, like personal attacks like not like they wouldn't it was almost like they didn't even read anything it, or look at our our sources it was yeah basically like personal attacks and i i remember for a long time the two of us would have to basically be commenting back being like well like these like, are my credentials these are my like, credentials this is what i studied at university like alex is a lawyer meredith like has an extremely like like extreme experience in in the science scientific industry like we know how to read studies and then they'd be like oh okay yeah but it was basically it was like six months of that and like thank god we have pretty thick skin because like there were some that were pretty aggressive and like personal and just nasty and mean and like it was just it's just like like beating away the haters for six months and then it was like it kind of just stopped Mm -hmm. like we get the and we have you know since we began we get the odd comment back or like you know our posts will get shared into a community that believes the opposite like you know collagen gluten-free those kind of posts tend to drum up some negativity um but beyond that i think you know it was like oh these these girls actually know what they're what they're doing they know what they're talking about they at a minimum understand how to read research Mm -hmm. and um (laughs) it was just, it was tumultuous on top of, you know, doing everything that's required to run an online business, like managing clients. Um, you know, and I, th- I think when there are so many nutrition companies out there and this, like there are big companies, there are small companies who are just kind of like, you know, so-and-so nutrition, like single singular person companies. And one of the, the big problems I have is it's also vanilla. Like, you know, the way people write, it's just like, it makes me want to go take a nap. And so one of the things that we really tried, um, (laughs) we, we tried to do differently was we tried to carry a different tone and like a different voice into the space and like sass, if you will. Yeah. A certain flair. It's like data information with a little extra sauce on it. It's like, we could start every post with you know, it really grinds my gears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, don't take this personal, but, um, and I think that is, that's something that's really like carried us through like our, it's, it's transcended the iterations of our Instagram and our branding online. And it's something I think really like it draws people to us because they know, they know like, you know, you go to a tactic post and it's going to be no bullshit. If there's someone that needs to be called out, they're going to be called out and the information in it is legit. Um, and I think that that, you know, it sets us apart a little bit from the competitors in the space and it like it humanizes the company a little bit. Everybody knows like who is behind WAG. Like everybody knows who's behind RP. Why is it so sterile? Like you can you can put information. I don't out there think that, people know who are behind those companies. Well, I do. You do. Yeah. I don't think it's that well known. OK. Um, but even the way that that people write it's like it doesn't draw you in like like we've always done and i i think anyways a pretty good job of like i want to i want to tell a story in a post while also being like evidence-based factual and concise mm-hmm. and it, it flows and it reads in a way that's like you know you're reading it you don't want to stop reading it you've read those nutrition posts mm-hmm. before where you get like a third of the way down and you're like ugh, no or you see how long the post is before you decide to start reading it. Yeah, and there's a bunch of line breaks and emojis. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to read that. But Tell all of story. our all of our posts, like we don't we don't plan our posts ahead of time. It's all based on 
kind of what the vibe is in the community. Yeah. Like what's, what's being talked about right now? Like, you know, what did, how did check-ins go on, on Monday? Like what kind of is going to inspire Tuesday's post? You know, like maybe we had a really tough day with clients. And so Tuesday is kind of like, Hey guys, like it's okay to get tired of your own bullshit. Like kind of, <laughs> you know, telling your clients without texting your clients, like, Hey, hey it's time to get tired of your own mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a like hot tip, I guess, if you're running a small business or want to, it's like, there's, you'll read, uh, you know, advice from people online that it's like, oh, schedule your social media. It'll make your, your day easier. It'll make your, your life or your job or whatever. You can use Hootsuite. You can use all these like, you know, social media scheduling softwares, you know, or at a minimum, write things ahead of time. And we've done that and it just feels like it creates this gap between what people want to hear and the message that we're sending out and so like our advice is to actually do the opposite it works for us yeah i mean as long as you have time to do it which i think most people do because like you sit on your your phone you make time for for it it's like hey every morning you're gonna spend an hour making an instagram post that's part of your day yeah but it it really allows us to stay connected to what like what needs to be heard in the moment, what's impactful, um, what's meaningful. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's, I think most people would assume that when you're running a business or like, you know, online e-commerce, whatever, that that's something that you schedule out when you don't have to. And it works better for us that we don't. Yeah. And anytime we've, we've talked about hiring out jobs within our company, it's like, the, the social media will never, ever be managed by anybody else, I don't think. No. Because it's it's too impactful. I, yeah. In, in Especially in today's day and age where, like, Instagram is the face of the brand right now. Yeah. And it's... It's, it's, the, it's a, a lot of time is the voice of the brand. Yeah, it's it's where people go first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and obviously everything that we put out is evidence-based. Um, we don't... And like, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that, um, we work a little harder on promoting inclusivity. That's always been kind of a core value of our brand. Um, not that like, I mean, we understand it's a nutrition company, like how inclusive do you have to be? But we still think like for marginalized communities, like visibility in any space is important. And that includes the coaching space that includes nutrition. Um, because what's easy for one group is not necessarily easy for another group. Like the, the, what people come into this with is going to be different based on, you know, their background. It's going to be different based on, you know, where they're from, what color skin do they have? Like it's, it's really important that we at a minimum acknowledge that, um, and make sure that, you know, everyone knows that there's a place for them with us. Mm-hmm. if they if that's something that they're looking for i think it's important to touch on like nutrition coaching is is expensive it really is especially for a lo- like most people um and so we've we've had feedback that well uh, or you know we've made posts on um making the nutrition space more inclusive making education more widely available to less privileged communities and you get you get comments like, well, you know, your your nutrition coaching costs one hundred and seventy dollars a month. Like, how are you supposed to be helping these these communities? 
And, um, and I think the argument to that is like, we post a lot of content, like free content to help. And it's not just for marketing. It actually is to like help people sift through the bullshit and find stuff that actually works and it's free. Yeah. Like we don't have a lower cost option yet. Um, but we do have a free option. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're pretty like available and helping people. Yeah. We don't like, if someone messages me on Instagram with like a question, I'm going to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Well, we do have a lower cost option. I guess the plan. Yeah. But like beyond that, like a recurring membership option, not so much. Yeah. But, but besides that, I would say that we are very, very inclusive, at least try to be. Yeah. Um, the podcast has been big. This is one that like we didn't, I don't think I expected to have a podcast. Um, but it's just another way to get the message out there. Again, it humanizes the brand a little bit. People get to hear our beautiful voices. You get to hear Alex cough up a bug sometimes. It's actually incredible to me that hundreds of people listen to these. Yeah. It's, it's uh, actually mind blowing to me. I know. Cause I, people care. I know I work, I'll record it no matter what, just cause I like doing it. But it's always when people are like, hey, listen to the podcast. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. <laughs> you do? Why? That's like the most flattering. We talk about nothing for like 30 minutes of it. But it's cool. Yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, reading is one way to take in information. A lot of people, they want to get in a car and just like listen to mm -hmm. it. So, you know, that's been that's been good. And it's it's another way. Like, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket with Instagram. because like, what if Instagram goes away? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to have other, you know, outlets that you can use. And, um, you know, it's been, we're at the three year mark and the cool thing about we've, we've reiterated the brand a few times, mostly just like with the, the look on Instagram and, um, the messaging and kind of who we're, we're targeting, but we're, we're doing a bit of a, like an official rebranding right now that's ongoing. It's gonna, I think the new new website, new look is going to roll out around December. And I think part of that is like, we have really changed the focus of, of our messaging and our audience since, since we started. And I, you know, I, I think people sometimes they still think that we only work with athletes and we do work with athletes. Um, the athletes are the minority of the people that we work with. At least the elite athletes. Yeah. I was going to very, very, very small for percentage. the most part. We're working, we're working with recreational people. We're working with people who have full-time jobs. Like, you know, they're weekend warriors with, with CrossFit competitions or triathlons or, or endurance running, you know, they just want to, they want to get the most out of what they do for exercise because it's what they do for fun. And that's our people. Um, you know, and then we, we have a, a, a smaller cohort of people who just want to, you know, get healthy. They want to understand nutrition. They want to break out of some bad habits and patterns that they've had in the past. And like, you know, we, we work really hard with people just generally to do that, but also people who come to us specifically for that. Yeah. So the rebranding we're what we're, what we are currently doing will not change. What's going to change is, is the message to the people who don't, who aren't in it yet. 
Yeah. Cause like mm-hmm. our, our website's fine, but you go to it and you're like, Oh, they're athletes. They only yeah. work with athletes. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's no. a little intimidating. Yeah. So we're fixing that mm-hmm. and moving to a different platform. But, yep. um, and the colors are going to be, I'm really excited about it. There'll be more color. It's going to be great. Um, very, not like rainbowy color, but like definitely Pops of color is how our website des- designer, <laughs> like brand designer. It was funny. It. She, the, the branding person, you know, we pull, she's like, you have to send me, send me the, a list of your competitors. So we send them, you know, a list of other companies who do what we do. And she had on like a slide, she had each company with their logo and then like a couple pages from their website. They're all the same color. Us too. Yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> so anyways, we're going to fix that. Um, you know, but that's all to say that the brand, the name, the voice, the Instagram, it's all surface level without, you know, having something behind it. So I think, you know, we work really hard to be leaders in the space, to, to be authentic with our, our messaging, with ourselves, to provide visibility on our personal, like, I mean, we do, we do still have large personal following. So it's, it's important that we're, um, putting out the right messaging there, being advocates for what we think is right for the CrossFit community at large, for the LGBT community at large. Um, cause that matters. Like it's, it, it's kind of the, the substance behind the brand. And we're, when we hire coaches, like one thing that's always been really important to us as we expand our team is that we get people who fall in line with our core beliefs. So like Lindsay was our first hire like she, she walks the walk, obviously she's super smart. Um, you know, she's, she's developed her own little like cohort of nutrition followers. Like she's a great addition. Everyone else we've hired, um, like Meg comes from a nutritional counseling back. Everybody's different, right? Like our, our coaching staff has been kind of curated. Like we've got nutritional counseling background. Um, we've got Kat who's got you know, kind of the, the exercise science, the CrossFit coaching and the nutrition coaching background. Like Jill has her, like she's super communicative. She's really good with newer people. Like Kendra's coming from nursing. Everyone has a, like they fill a, a, a void for us as far as like a, a coaching team goes. And I really feel like we have a, a really well-rounded group whose core values are in absolute 100% lockstep with, with ours and with our company. And that's, that's hard to find. We get a lot of people who reach out for hiring and like that's flattering. And, um, you know, we always kind of have our eyes out for people, but it's like, you know, I'm not going to be a, a company that just hires anybody just to, to fill like, just cause we need warm bodies. Like I'd rather personally take on more clients or start telling people no until I have someone who I feel confident can be a part of the team and be the right fit for the team. Cause I think it matters. Like you gotta have substance behind the brand. Absolutely. I love when we, we read through an intake questionnaire, someone signed up, we always read through it together and we look at each other and we're like, at the same time, like Jill, (laughs) this is a Jill person. Yeah. It's like every, and you know, they're like, not that these, like all of our coaches are experienced enough to take on any client, but there, there are certain clients where you're like, this will be a great match. Yeah. We want to set people up for as much success as possible. And we ask for a lot of information from our clients to make sure that we have a really good understanding of like what, where they're at, who they are, what they're looking for and where they want to go. Yeah. Um, and I think that just sets, it sets up the future really well because you get to expand, um, knowing that you can almost anyone can fit into our team 
from a like a client perspective yep like our you know our goals with tactic um is probably to continue to expand into new communities um just to increase our impact on people who don't even know we exist yet because that's the biggest like that's that's the goal right we want to we want to be a positive people's lives we want to change people's lives to the extent that they'll they'll let us um you know continue to grow the team slowly over time and just grow the brand like i love the brand i love that you know we do merchandise i love we're putting in work with the the rebranding like at the end of the day i want people to want to work with us but then you know also want to represent us and you know when they're wearing a tactic shirt you know they feel a lot of pride or you know it happened a couple weeks ago when one of my like old one of my oldest clients christina forrest who's in la was doing a competition and ran into Steph who just moved down there from Calgary because they're both wearing tactic shirts. And it was like, Oh, you're tactic. I'm tactic too. And it's just like that. I love that. Cause we're like, we are, we are still a much smaller company than, you know, wag RP. Like we have our little niche. Like we're kind of a, you know, a weird group of misfit toys sometimes, but you know, I love when they, they come together and I want people to want to be a part of what we're doing even if that just means buying a shirt, even if they're like, I don't need coaching, but like, man, I, I, I really want to represent. And I really want to, I really want to be a part of your brand. Yeah. Like when we send out apparel, it's always so fun when I'm like, Oh, who's, who's that? And I'm like, is that your, like, I've never heard that name before. And I was like, she must just, she's just a random. Yeah. Just somebody bought a shirt. Who's not our client, which is yeah. always super cool. Which I think is like the ultimate brand is to have a brand that's like, awesome enough and big enough and cool enough that people want to be like a part of it even if it's just wearing a t-shirt yeah but we also are working on like separating our work life with oh yeah i mean we like (laughs) the one downside to owning your own business is the fact that there's always something to do and something to talk about and you're like you are you do become a little obsessive about it yeah Tactic and it can end like up taking over your entire life. <laughs> Tactic is the third person in our relationship right now. We're a thruple. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I have a new therapist and we're working specifically on creating boundaries with, with work. And so like at 10, 10 PM when we're about to go to bed, don't ask the question, what should we post tomorrow? Yeah, like the first, and this is like, it's funny when we're laughing, but like literally the first boundary is like, we cannot talk about work in bed. Like yeah. that's the first, that's the, it starts in the bed and then it expands. So the bedroom is a no work zone. And eventually like the upstairs loft and like lounge area will be a no work zone. We're getting there right now the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like it's, as soon as you lay down and you're like, what do we have to do tomorrow? Like that's not good. Yeah. But I think that anyone who who loves what they do and runs a small business could probably relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also love that like our extracurricular activities um, tie in with the brand. Oh, 100%. Like I can go for a run and be like, at Tactic Nutrition. Yeah. Or go for a bike and be like, at Tactic Nutrition. Go for a ski. Yeah. yeah. It's just like balance, life. People relate. I don't know. 
I'm having this uh, panini that I don't know how to log. <laughs> Tacting nutrition. <laughs> you know, eat the panini. Don't worry about how you log it, you weirdo. I mean, as long as you're not eating that panini every day. Yeah, I mean, there's a limit. But yeah. it's a once a panini, once a week panini. Just like eat the panini. Paninis are pretty good. I know. How would you log? You wouldn't have any idea. Like, because paninis have a lot of butter on them. Yeah. Honestly, I'd probably just pick something off the Panera site. Yeah. That's like a worst case scenario. Like 500 milligrams of sodium per sandwich. 500. 5,000. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) It's like 500. It's reasonable. 500. Probably like. 500 for one bite. 20, 25 to 30 grams of fat. uh, 15 to 20 grams of protein. And like. 20 grams carbs yeah that's what i would ballpark whatever that is um do you have anything else this has been a fun one i've enjoyed this podcast. this was actually a, a podcast request from one of Lindsay's clients um so thanks for that and if you guys have any other podcast requests shoot us a dm Oh, and I wanted to say thanks everyone for shooting a DM. If you listen to our last podcast on Meredith's running, I said like reach out if you have big running goals or you know you want to share with us because we love hearing and we got quite a few. Oh, which I know, is super awesome. Yeah. Um. So thanks for sending those. Keep those coming. Tag us if you're if you're doing runs and you're like I don't know what to post about this. Just take a story, like take a picture of your watch or something. Tag us in the story. We'll repost it. It's kind of our uh kind of our thing right now so yeah we actually like genuinely look, really like supporting people and what they're doing even yeah. if you're not a client 100 percent. but um yeah thanks for listening as always this is a long one so if you requested this you better still be better still be listening but thank you yeah really this has been great and we'll do another one really soon